Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Content warnings for this episode include depictions of gender dysphoria, depersonalization, and thoughts of self-injury. All right. So with that out of the way, let me say meowdy folks. My name is Gender Meowster. I use they, them pronouns. My tiny furry co-host today is Nefertiti. She uses she, her pronouns, and she's taking a bath right now. And guests, if you'd like to introduce yourself... My name is Naya Shiro Okami. I use she, her pronouns. Yay. Hi, Naya Okami. Welcome in. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) Hi. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. So before we even get rolling too fast or too hard, I wanted to let everyone know when setting up for this stream, we tried to use the alter human tag and it doesn't exist yet. So if everyone can take a minute and click this little button and go vote for the Alter Human Tag becoming a thing on Twitch, that would be great. We'd like to do uh, little bits of activism in all the ways possible, as often as possible. So thanks for helping us discover yet another way we can encourage the world to be a better place. (laughs) I have now voted on the thing. Awesome. Naya, can you tell us a bit about your your special interests? I had the pleasure of reading your bio, but I would love for our community to hear a little bit from you about who are you and what are you about and oh, why um, are my you name... so cool? Because I know you're cool. <laughs> my name is Naya Okami. I am from the infamous internet meme on all levels except physical. I am a wolf. And that quote is still somewhat relevant today. It ties into my identity as a wolf therian, which basically means that spiritually and psychologically I identify as a wolf. I'm also a transgender woman. As I stated, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm very involved in different sorts of activism, primarily protecting animals and children from sexual abuse. So that's something I'm really passionate about and involved in. I run an online community for members of the alter human community called Kin Community, which is a pun on the term other kin and the term community. So it's uh, K-I-N-M-U-N-I-T-Y dot com. So I do that. Outside of that, my special interests are Pokemon, Sonic the Hedgehog, technology, and anything to do with like security, including locks and alarm systems. I've just been fascinated since I was a child. I am a hobbyist lock picker. So there you go. There's a lot of aspects to me. I, I, I could go on for hours if, if, I, if I kept going. Well, you have a fabulous Pokemon-related outfit on. Would you like to share it with So I am actually wearing a Pokemon dress right now, and I absolutely adore it. I have two Pokemon dresses. I've got a bunch of, like, different shirts and miscellaneous merchandise, but this is something that not everybody has, so I figured I'd show it off a little bit. It's so fun. Our very last (laughs) stream was a Pokemon nostalgia stream. We used the community unlocked it with channel points. And we just looked at a bunch of retro Pokemon stuff that I've had since I was a kid. So we also love Pokemon in this community. <laughs> it's very fun to have you here sharing the, the love of the Pokies. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so there are many things to talk about. Let's see. We will start with the first question that I have, which are, what are the things 
that you can trace back to your youth that indicated you might be trans one day. So this is where the content warning actually comes into effect. So I'm going to go ahead and warn you guys my story about becoming aware of what I, who I truly am. It gets a little graphic at points. So I'll start from when I was very, when I say very young, I would say early elementary school age, maybe about first or second. I remember very clearly, we would always play pretend like me and my um, younger nephews who were more like brothers than they were nephews just because we were closer in age. All my siblings are 10 years or more older than me. So that's the relationship we had. I mean, we would always play pretend. We'd do these little like acting out role play scenarios. I mean, I was, I would always lean towards female characters. So if we were doing like a Pokemon scenario, I would play like Jesse from Team Rocket or Misty rather than Ash or James or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just some general... Um, always leaned towards that role in playing pretend. So that's the first indicator that existed. After that, I remember being disgusted by my anatomy. And you guys can probably guess where I'm going with this, the bottom area of my anatomy. I remember being about six or seven and trying to correct it with a pair of scissors. And in my mind, I was not trying to hurt myself. In my mind, and this is as a child, I didn't know what trans was. I didn't know I was a girl at the time. I just know this thing does not belong on me, I'm going to get rid of it. So it was just this very matter of fact way of viewing it. That was my earliest. And I did go see a mental health professional as a child about that. Unfortunately, I saw a mental health professional in Southern Georgia. Okay. So they were not aware of trans issues. So instead of coming to the logical conclusion, oh, there might be a gender identity thing going on here they decided to teach me about the wonderful world of genitals with these really like cliche children's books that I would imagine are the same types of material that children who are like sexually acting out are read, you know, that they have you read. It was not at all relevant to my situation. And I was honestly very confused as to what they were trying to do. So that's something that happened. So fast forward, I was homeschooled through middle school. So middle school, as far as my journey, was pretty uneventful. I did notice at the time during middle school that most of my friend group was female, other females. I I was hesitant to make friends with males. I found I didn't relate to men. I found myself an outsider when communicating with other men. And again, I didn't necessarily know the significance of it. I just knew that was also a feeling that I was having. So that kind of went on. In high school is when I really started, the thought process evolved from not male to am female. And that's when that shift happened to where I was starting to actually realize my identity. And a good friend of mine, told me that I should pick a female name and go buy it online for a while and see how I like it essentially, because there's no risk there. It's online. It's not like people who I go to school with or who I see in person can judge me. So I started doing that. I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was more me. I felt more expressive and it was just a simple username change at that time. It wasn't this huge thing, but afterwards I ultimately decided not to do anything about it in real life because I lived in Southern Georgia. Like I was already different. I was already out as other Kintherian at this time. And I already received a lot of backlash and 
and criticism and, and honestly hate. And it's, oh my gosh, in Southern religious Georgia, the one thing you don't want to be is trans. So I, I pushed it to the back burner. It was something I definitely experienced. I definitely had feelings related to it, but it was just not a box I wanted to open right now is, is basically how I would describe it. It reoccurred in 2014, 2015, a similar thing. I made some female second life characters because then I could experiment with how I would want to dress and stuff like that. Again, without having to do so in real life or behind a real identity. And then really when I came out, we're going to go ahead and go to about 2018, 2017. I, I around that time. I started dating a transgender woman and expressed all these feelings to her. And she brought up, I'll drop it if you don't want to explore this. But do you think maybe, just hear me out, Naya, do you think maybe you might be trans? And it's maybe. (laughs) So she got me a bunch of clothes and my hair was short at the time. So she got me a wig and we just went out somewhere and she's, hey, like, I'm not don't try and pick up dates or whatever, but because me and her were together at the time, but try and interact as who you feel you are versus what your body is sort of. So it was like an exercise. It went really well. And then I fully came out as trans after it was a really cool experience. It's I got to see for sure if this is what was going on with me before I I came out, which was really invaluable. After that, I went back into the closet for a year, which I feel really about because I was dating somebody who she was my first love. We were engaged for some time. I'm not going to get into that whole story, but long story short, she was accepting. She knew I was trans but she lived with family who were really religious and who I knew that would not fly with. And I was more scared of losing the relationship than anything else. So I would masculine present, and this was a really awkward time for me. I would masculine Mm -hmm. present around them, but not around her family. She would call me Naya with she, her pronouns. So it was this weird thing. And then I started HRT, changed my name and did all that in 2019. So that's where we just to today. Yes, just in time to stay in your house a whole lot. So one question from the Discord is, did you go through a lot of names before you settled on yes, the name that you like? I've <laughs> so I've had two legal name changes. Oh, wow. I did not go through a lot of choices when picking my name when I came out as trans. But prior to that, I just did not like my legal name. And I've used five or six different ones. Mm -hmm. Um, before I did my first name change. Because so my first name change, I'll say what it was to, but I'm not going to dead name myself to a name that I have absolutely no care for. But I was Shiro Ulf, which was White Wolf, and now Naya Okami, which is essentially Wolf. So I I had a pretty solid idea of where I was going to go with the name change, but it took me a while to finalize on, yes, I'm definitely Naya. That is very cool. You may have already answered this, but I'm going to ask it anyways, and if you want, we can skip it. How has your relationship to gender evolved over time? So there was a time, and it was back when I was explaining how in high school I wasn't really out, but I had that exploration um, phase online where I would tell very close friends that I was gender neutral. And I don't think it was because I actually identified as gender fluid or non-binary. I think it was more because it was easier to express that I was not male in some way without 
opening the Pandora's box of being trans, so to speak, to use that terminology than to say what I actually was. So now I'm fully, I am a woman and I'm fully confident with that now versus before where it's like, what is this? I'm not a guy. Oh my gosh, what am I sort of thing? Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so many wonderful questions happening right now. <laughs> Everyone is very excited that you're here right now. <laughs> okay, so we've talked a little bit about like trans and gender identity. So now I want to do a slight pivot and talk about alter humanity. The question right. is, can you explain your alter human identity? How do you identify and how is this different from your relationship with your gender identity? So, it's, if so you how would you explain your alter human identity? I think I did that very accurately in the documentary I was in, as much as I hate most of that documentary. Mm -hmm. On all levels except physical, I am a wolf. So to just to detail and pivot off of that, I am a British Columbia wolf therian. So that means spiritually and, and psychologically to the degree I identify as a British Columbia wolf. How does this differ from my relationship with my trans identity? In a lot of ways, and I guess intensity is one of them. I know for a fact that there's no surgery, there's no procedure, there's no body modification, there's nothing I can do in this lifetime that would make me physically in any way a wolf. And I know that. I don't see myself as a wolf to as literal as a level to me seeing myself as a girl. I'm literally a girl. I have violent dysphoria towards my own body. And, and again, a content warning here, the way that I've described my gender dysphoria to people is that if I could externalize myself from this body and be who I really was and be looking in on this body, my first act would be to murder it for the parasitic behavior that it's imposed on me. So my gender dysphoria is at this huge level, whereas my, I guess, species dysphoria would be the term, is not nearly that severe. Now there's times where I'm like, why can't I be a wolf? I, I am a wolf, but it, it's not nearly to that level of extremity. There, there are things I'm thankful for about being in a human body, right? Like I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for some of the friends that I've made. There's things about being in a human body that I would objectively see as beneficial to me as a person, despite being a wolf therian. And I can't say the same thing about being assigned male at birth. If I could flip a switch and be assigned female at birth, there'd be no question. I'd push that button right now in front of all of you. But if I could flip a switch to be born a female wolf in a physical wolf body, there'd be hesitation at the very least to flip that. So it's a very different level of personal understanding involved. We have a, a question from the Twitch chat. Did being a Therian make it easier for you to come to terms with being trans? No, the opposite actually. Mm -hmm. So I was open about being a Therian. I got a lot of hate and, and dislike in my real life community for how the hell am I going to come out as trans now, which mm -hmm. is you get hate from be, for being a Therian on, on account that it's weird. The hatred for trans people is prosecution and it's a violent hatred, not prosecution, wrong word, persecution. persecution. Yeah. And it's a violent hatred. It is a, oh my God, if they reacted that way for, to just me being a Therian, how the hell are they going to react to me being trans? So it made it harder actually, because it's like I got a small taste of that hate and I knew how much 
more intense it would get if I was out as trans. The next question I have for you are, what are the differences between coming out as ultra-human versus transgender? How can I say, I don't want to use the term dramatic, but I would say it's less fanfare to come out as ultra-human, right? At its core, being ultra-human is a spiritual or psychological belief. I'm not going to change anything about my appearance. You might not even notice anything after I've said that I'm alter human. Whereas you come out as trans, you're painting a huge target on your back. I feel like one is less hard than the other. As far as the experience itself, I, I came out as alter human when I was 12 years old. And it just happened and it never went away. I'm still a wolf girl, right? Like I'm even wearing my little wolf pendant. It took a lot longer and a lot more insight and a lot more thought to be honest with myself about my gender identity. How did you start identifying as ultra human? Some describe it as an awakening. What was your experience? (laughs) And how does that compare with how you started to identify with your current gender identity? So my awakening, I watched an anime called Wolf's Reign. Yes, I'm a weeb like with a name like Naya Okami, like obviously. (laughs) But I watched an anime called Wolf's Reign at the request of my friend who was really into it at the time. And something about the wolf Kiba on Wolf's Reign resonated with me. And I didn't know what it was. It was just this weird feeling of that's me. And it's, wait, no, like I'm not an anime character. What the hell's going on here? So the more and more I would like research about wolves, like actual wolves, because that's where it led to, the more I would feel just this intrinsic sense of this is me somehow. So I identified as a furry for the longest time because I thought that's what furries were. I'm like, oh my God, furries are what I am. They're people who feel they're an animal because, you know, as a 12, 13 year old, that's the only thing I've been exposed to that was any anything similar to how I was feeling. And one of my furry friends told me about the Therian community and that was more aligned to who I am and what I'm experiencing. So we have a silly question and a serious question. Would you like to hear <laughs> both of them at the same time? Let's do the silly one first. All right. The silly one is what's your favorite anime? This is also from the chat. Oh gosh, you're gonna put me on the spot like that. We can, can tell I give your you favorite a- anime for this week. <sighs> It doesn't have to be of all time. That's too hard. Be the beginning. Be the beginning. Yes. It's on uh, Netflix currently. Awesome. You said this week, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I don't know what that one is. And I'm sure the person who asked the question will have fun going and looking that up. (laughs) Okay, so here's the, the serious question from the Twitch chat. I know that Naya is really good at ignoring trolls who use the wrong pronouns and bully her. How do you deal with it so well? So I work, I'm not going to divulge the field I work at on a specific sense, but I work in a field where I investigate people who are not necessarily doing the right thing. And in that field, you come across people who have every reason to not like you. So anything a troll would do online, anything somebody who just wants to be a a hateful piece of garbage, no offense, but if you're being transphobic, that's what you are. But anybody who wants to be a hateful piece of garbage online, probably on their best, most creative day cannot compare to some of the things I've been called at work. Mm -hmm. So it just dulls you to it after a while. Plus I've never been a conformist. I've grown up with adversity to my differences my entire life. So I I just, I don't, 
I, I can see things do affect me sometimes. There's certain things that I've been not necessarily called, but certain things people have done to get under my skin. And yes, they've gotten under my skin. But for the most part, just from experience of, of having to deal with it for so long, nothing really bothers me anymore. So practice. Yes. <laughs> so you mentioned your work. And one of the questions that we have is, can you explain a little bit about the work that you do to protect children and animals in niche community? That that particular role I can explain more on. So I'm the director of cyber operations for A501C3 called Operation Wolf Eyes. We are a counter-trafficking group. So essentially, if anybody's familiar with me outside of the alter human community, I catch online predators. And as of recently, I've been working with criminologist M. Jenny Edwards, on also going after people who sexually harm animals. So that's been my passion as of late. In my day job, I also do investigations not in the same category. So it was almost a natural pivot from something that I'm already doing to do something I'm so passionate about. That's really cool. I don't have more questions about this topic and I feel like I wanna talk about it more. Do you have any <laughs> other like, expounding um, upon this topic that you'd like to do? You'll notice in niche communities, especially when you've got a community like the Therian community and the furry community, these are people who usually are participating in these communities who have not really found a whole lot else. They're in a belief or they have a idea that is vastly different from the norm that they already feel isolated. So what got me so passionate about this work is predators, of course, have been preying on that. We have people going into Therian communities, going into furry communities to prey on kids. And because these kids are already isolated and vulnerable, these predators are able to set themselves up as an authority figure or somebody that they can trust on the topic and manipulate that into getting them to do things that they absolutely shouldn't be doing and will later, later regret doing. So I feel my passion. I, I've been doing this for a lot longer than I'd like to admit, but I feel like being Therian and being trans enables me to look at it from a different perspective mm -hmm. and to be more passionate about it, being in a vulnerable community than some other people who do similar work. Do you feel like you're part of a pack hunting down the baddies? I absolutely do. Wonderful. Um, I, I've <laughs> joked that our, I've jokingly called our, our cyber ops division the shadow wolves. So there you go. Yes. I love <laughs> that so much. Okay, let's see. You're getting lots of praise in the chat. People <laughs> are really big fans of you. Wonderful. Love it. Okay. Backing up to some definitions, so you just used a handful of phrases, and for those who are maybe less familiar, there have been a lot of words used to describe different types or kinds of ultra-human experiences, like otherkin, therian, and trans species. How do you feel about the term ultra-human and also the word trans species? I know you um, about that one. <laughs> yeah. The word ultra-human is a very good umbrella term, but it encompasses a wide range of experiences and is not necessarily 
a definitive term on its own volition. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Somebody who was ultra human could identify as a furry, as a Therian, as other kin, fiction kin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very broad. I mean, just to give basic overviews, when you're thinking of a Therian, that's someone who identifies as a living or believed to once be living creature. Other kin can expand on the common mythicals, dragons, elves, etc. And fiction kin is a specific character from fiction. Just to define those terms a little further, the term trans species I'm not a fan of at all. And I will differ with some people when I say this. There are some people, including people who are transgender, who believe it is an absolute effective and legitimate and descriptor that they resonate with, where I find it trivializes my experience as a, a trans woman, and it tries to liken two experiences where, although for some people those experiences may be similar, they're not necessarily similar for everybody. So I don't like that term very much. I'm trying to take swift notes on all of the glorious information <laughs> pouring out of your brain. Yeah. It's here's an interesting question, perhaps. Where do you see the transgender and alter human communities overlap? The feeling of being in the wrong body definitely is something that both communities have. Some of the terminology is even shared, actually. And we have a concept in the alter human community of species dysphoria. And then, of course, there's the concept of gender dysphoria. So I do think there are parallels. I just don't necessarily think it's the same experience. And I don't think we should be trying to draw parallels where they don't necessarily exist, if that makes any sense. Yeah, we have a, a clarifying question so it says, so like non-binary can be an umbrella term for folks who identify outside the binary. Alter human can be an umbrella term for folks who identify as a variety of different species. Yes, yes. So or alter human or who somehow identify as other than human. So like a furry would not fit the strict definition of Therian or, or of other kin because they're not necessarily identifying as their animal. But their animal character or persona is a part of them to a degree. It's based off of them. They have a, they have enough of a t of an attachment to it for it to qualify as a quasi identity. Mm -hmm. So that's why furry can be lumped into alter human, but would not meet the definition to call them Therians. If that makes any sense, we're a little yeah. we're a little bit anal about our terminology in this community. <laughs> yeah, I I was watching. So you did a pre AMA in the Discord server today before stream, and I was watching all of the definition conversation fly around. That was fun. It seems like that's pretty common in the the alter human community yes. to have engrossing conversation about identity and names and definitions and things. Absolutely. Let's see. I am, I'm curious if you have stories about some of these different identities, if you've met different people or entities who are fiction kin or other kin. Yes, um, several. And what that is like or how, basically I'm trying to expound on some of these definitions by giving examples. Um, so I am hesitant to describe somebody else's experience. That's fair. Um, that's I, I know that's not 
necessarily the answer you're looking for. It's okay. But I'm hesitant to really describe other people's experiences. I would point to community.com. We've got people on the site of all sorts of different identities. And then you can read their posts and their articles from their own words, I feel would be a lot more of an effective way than me trying to describe it from people I've interacted with potentially very briefly. That's super fair. And actually, that's part of why we have this talk show is because no one trans person speaks for all of us. And so it's about exploring the diversity of experiences and identities and opinions on topics. So I totally get that. This seems like as good a time as any. One fun question we came up with is, can you teach me, Meowster, a good howl? How am I going to explain? So like when I howl, I feel like this is squishing inwards, like these two parts like of my cheek past my lips are almost going inwards and I'm like throwing my tongue back. Give me one second and I'll demonstrate. So kind content of, warning for our friends for possible loud noises. It's going to be loud. Yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so you bring your lips in. Do you know yeah. what, your soft, what your soft palate is doing? Is it going up to make more resonance? I feel Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I, I, it's one fluid motion for me. Yeah, so like yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to break it down, which is a little difficult, but I'm going to try. So you pull your lips in. Yeah. Can I try? Is that offensive or should I try? No, go ahead. Okay. So the ending of that was really good. The start of it, at least, well, okay. How can I say this? Different wolves, of course, will sound different. Yeah. Different types of communications will sound different. So I'm not invalidating anything at all about your howl. But generally speaking, I try and be... Hold on, I'll show you. You'll notice that there's a consistent variation in how it changes from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice when I start it, I try and be a little lower than I finish it. Now, some wolves are just going to howl lower or higher than others. Dif- again, in different types of howls mm-hmm. will mean different things. Yeah. But yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> okay. That was a good one. Yes, I did it. It's like a little head pat. I did a good Naya said so. <laughs> That's so fun. Have you studied different wolf howls? Listen to them to on a, the internet a bunch? To a degree, and like... I am actually, believe it or not, I'm not that great at mimicking sounds. So I would say my howl is unique to me. It's just how I do it, which is it's funny because I've had people, I've gotten people who will troll me and they'll be like, oh, that doesn't sound like a real howl. And then I've got people, oh my gosh, Naya, you howl really well. So I guess, again, your mileage may vary depending on what you're used to hearing. But yeah, I've studied them. When I do my howl, it's still my unique take on it. Yeah, that's super fun. Thanks for letting me practice with you. That was really No problem. I have a big grin on my face. Whenever my witchy friends and I get together, we like to meow howl at the end to release the energy of our little rituals or whatever. So there'll be much more wonderful meowling in the future. So fun. All right. Our next question is, what is a common misconception about your identity, both within the transgender and alter human communities that you'd like to provide clarification on? The most common misconception that I get as a trans woman 
And this is literally a quote from somebody who did not understand. So a little bit of a content warning because it comes off as harsh. And I'm quoting what somebody said to me. Why would you go through all of that work just to be straight anyway? Which is obviously coming from a very ignorant person. But the thought... Yes, but the (laughs) thought that the reason that I am female has anything to do with who or what I'm attracted to is probably the biggest misconception I face in life. Mm -hmm. I'm omnisexual, but I'm mostly lesbian. I mostly prefer other women. But that's not, that has nothing to do with how I see my own gender or how I identify. That's separate. But people assume, oh, you're transitioning, so you must be out here trying to date guys. And it's just, that's not exactly how this works. Mm-hmm. A for effort, small brain was processing, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. But that's probably the biggest misconception. And about ultra human, people think that I literally believe that I'm a wolf or that I have clinical lycanthropy. Believe me, if I had a delusion that severe, I would not be allowed to work in the field that I work in. It's just plain and simple. It's a spiritual and psychological belief. I'm aware that it's a belief. I do not see myself as a physical wolf, hence the quote. But people think that I literally think I'm a wolf and that's not what this is. Yeah. And the movie Wolf, that was released did absolutely nothing to help that and was a terrible misrepresentation. Are there any positive or accurate portrayals of Therians that exist? I'm trying to think actually. It'll probably come to me after the stream given how my mind works against me at times. But I recall a movie or two where It was not directly depicting Therian, but the metaphor was so on point that I was really impressed. Mm -hmm. And I can't off the top of my head remember the titles, but that's the closest thing to accurate media representation that we've had. Yeah. So generally speaking, no, but there's been a few exceptions. Subtext is often where this type of representation begins. I remember lesbian subtext all over Xena Warrior Princess in the 90s. And (laughs) I'm so thrilled that there's more explicitly lesbian content out there now. Yeah. And if you think of it later, we can put it in the show notes. Yes. So we have the ability to edit those. So if you think of it in the next week or so, feel free to send it along. I shall. Yeah, and someone in the chat mentioned, ah, yes, the assumption that identity and sexuality are at all related. Right. Um, It's it's been an adventure. Like, so my wife is trans, and I have identified slash identified question marks go here as lesbian for a really long time. And I feel like I'm still culturally lesbian, but as I continue to take testosterone and become like transmasculine, non-binary, something over there, it's do I still get to use the word lesbian? I don't know. But a couple of friends have mentioned some other phrases that I think are fun, like husbian, my husband who is a lesbian, or lesbro, or lesboy. I call myself a transbian. Nice. Yeah. My wife's totally a transbian. <laughs> yeah. My wife's totally a transbian. So it's like, but also identity and practice are two separate things also, right? It's like you can identify one way and feel culturally one way. And then in actuality, it's a whole different other over here thing. And it's all made up. <laughs> it's yeah. just all made up. But there is something, for me at least, that was liberating about hearing the phrases husband and lesboy, that it was like, oh, 
I can be a lesbian and boyish at the same time. That's cool. So anyways, I just thought I'd throw in some mixed identity phrases. Anyway, uh, let's see. What is the next question I have for you? Ooh, lots of good ones. From the AMA channel in Discord, we have the question, how do you feel about being the hero behind Autistic Pride Day? Smiley face. <laughs> I didn't even talk about that in my street, in, in the thing yet. It's in so your bio, what, though. It I, is. I added your bio to a second tweet on my tweet so people <laughs> could read it and get hyped about how cool you are. So when that happened, just to give you, just to paint the picture, it was actually a few people who were responsible for it. And one of them was also another autistic trans woman. We're everywhere. You can't escape us. But anyway, it was a group called Ask Peace for Freedom. And mm -hmm. one of the people in charge of that group was Gwen Nelson. I was the youngest member at the time. And we were getting frustrated with all these autism awareness days that were going yeah. on. It's, everyone's aware that autism exists. But with those days, we've noticed groups, and I consider them a hate group, like Autism Speaks, yeah. were controlling the narrative versus something kind of community controlled. So the idea behind Autistic Pride Day was born. There was a lot of discussion about it and me being a little 12 year old who, I'm gonna be honest, I was full of myself. I'm like, why don't we do this on my birthday? Because mm -hmm. why not? And I even put forth the argument, I'm the youngest member here, so you guys should like totally do that. But yeah, and it, it ended up happening and it actually became a thing. I didn't think it would be a real thing. I thought it would be something we celebrate like on the SPs for Freedom site, maybe in the UK, which is where AFF was like actually legally, like whatever, it would be a little bit of a thing. But to see it become this international thing, it's, whoa, did I really do that? You so will. Cool. Yeah. We've done a couple of fundraising streams for different organizations. And one of them that we've worked with is the <clears throat> Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. Yes. Because it's like nothing for us without us. We, we need, we as neurodivergent people need to be included in the decisions that are being made about us. You killed the rhyme. It's nothing about us without us. Thank you for doing it correctly. <laughs> nothing mm -hmm. about us without us. That's right. That's good. The other thing we did recently is we spent an entire week coming up with comments for WPATH 8, which is coming out, because it's important for trans people to have a say in what the documentation for the international guidelines for our medical care is. So that's a whole thing we did. It's, we, like, we, we like doing that stuff. I'm glad that you like doing it too. It's very cool. Okay. Let's see. So the as a reminder to everyone else in the chat, maybe you weren't here at the beginning, here on Twitch, we are trying to upvote a brand new user voice request to help with discoverability of alter humans and other folks in this umbrella of identities to add an alter human tag to Twitch. So there is the hyperlink in the chat. It's also going to be in the resources section in the show notes. Please go ahead and do the upvotes for the wins. Ooh, thanks. If there's one simple thing that everyone could do to improve the lives of genderful alter humans, what might that be? Just be respectful. 
You don't have to understand it even. Just be respectful of people's identity and their idea. Just don't put out so much hate because you're incapable of understanding something. I'm not hurting you. And in fact, I would argue that I'm doing positives for society. But just because of an identity, which might not mean a thing to you, but means a whole lot to me, I get bullied and harassed. And it's just like enough is enough. Yeah. Next question I have is, what is your favorite thing that you've gotten from the transgender slash queer community from the alter human community? My favorite thing I've gotten from the alter human community, I guess the same from the trans community is some of the friends that I've, I've made amazing friends in both communities. One of my partners is technically in both communities. Yeah, she is in both communities. One of my partners is in both communities. Sorry, uh, gender thing with them took some processing. I'm like, are they true? Well, yes, they long took me a second. What are the pronouns today? Because they're a she, them, she, mm -hmm. they. Yeah, and they're furry. So technically, they're alter human to a degree. So just some of the people I've met. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Next question that I have for you is, can you share an experience with gender euphoria? Probably the most recent experience, and it was at work. And I have to vagify it just a little bit because, again, I'd rather not release my day job on here. But I was interacting with a subject. This is somebody who, just so we're very clear about what type of interaction this is, this is somebody who I would be sending to jail. You know what I mean? It's somebody who already has a pre disposition to hate me, that type of thing. And you wouldn't think this would be validating, but they called me the B word. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting here and, and they probably have no idea why I'm like half smirking. And I'm like, you know what? I am a female canine. Thank you. <laughs> I feel so seen. <laughs> but it was just such a little moment and that clearly wasn't the validation was not what they were trying to do in that right. situation. Just but it, it was just like, you're not wrong. That's so funny. From the chat, we have the question, for those of us who have kids in our life who could use some guidance or support, what do you think could have been done or said to a younger you to help make your experience easier? I think just the awareness when I was younger, not necessarily something said or done. I think if when I said in the beginning of the stream, I went to see that that professional, I think if they were aware of gender dysphoria and being trans and that was brought up or talked about when I was having those feelings, which were clearly going down that path, mm -hmm. I think I would have I think that would have been super beneficial. I think I would have probably transitioned a lot earlier in life. Yeah. Having, I didn't really even know it was an caregivers. option. Transcompetent so. caregivers. It's super duper important. One of the conversations we had on our Discord server today is about how expensive it is to find gender affirming undergarments. And what if health insurance covered like binders and tucking underwear and underwear that like had room for packers and all that stuff? What if you could just bill your insurance for that? Because it's to treat gender dysphoria. Because it's, it's related to uh, healthcare. That's what I'm saying. It's a medical device. Yes. So, yeah. Anyways, then my friend was like, Some president. insurance companies <laughs> will pay for condoms, so it's not yeah. in contraception. It's yeah. a medical device. They, it should be covered. Yeah. I wonder if anyone's tried to submit that. What a great idea. If anyone does that, let us know in the discords. We want to know. Okay. 
So similar to the gender euphoria question, can you share an experience when you felt really in tune with your alter human? There's so many. Honestly, just playing in the snow yesterday. So if you can tell from outside, it's there's snow. Yeah. Okay. So for the last two days, I haven't been able to get to my day job because the roads are iced over and it's unsafe, et cetera, et cetera. But my wolf aspect is just like snow. Ooh, woo, this is like my element. So I, yeah, that, that so was fun. fun. And it's my first time seeing snow in my life. So that yeah. was very Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. It's really cool that it's the first time you're getting to see snow. Yes. There's probably not much snow in Georgia. So you just now you use the phrase, oh goodness, what was it? Aspect. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of a, an element of practice within certain pagan communities of aspecting, which is to varying degrees of intensity or investment, yes. uh, you invite the divine into yourself. And some people divide it up by chakras, like maybe just your crown, maybe just to your eyes. Maybe you'll let the divine like speak with your voice and, or you can with like aspect into a shawl or a, a garment you can put on and take off. And there's a whole practice around aspecting, aspecting deities within uh, certain branches of paganism. And I'm curious if you have experience with that and how that may or may not compare to ultra With me, I feel like the there's a wolf component of me and it's always a part of me, but my experience of being and feeling wolf varies to different degrees. Mm -hmm. So there's times, like right now, there's always a percentage of me that feels wolf. But when yesterday happened, it was just like, I, from maybe I shot from 30% wolf to 80%. It was just like, okay, wolf wants full control now. Have fun. Did you have enough person to put on a jacket before you went yes. prancing about in the snow? Yes, I did. Wonderful. <laughs> Thankfully. <So>. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And that's true with like pagan aspecting as well is sometimes you need a tender, like a human person who's assigned to keep track like of your handler. physical form mm -hmm. because otherwise you're so far gone into the aspect that you lose track of, like remembering to drink water, remembering you can't fly, stuff like that. There's just an altered state, A-L-T-A-R-E-D, where you, you just can't keep track of some of that stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating how the human mind can work and have these different states of being. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So here is a question that is being typed into my thing. Do you have more suggestions for places for questioning folks to go explore their alter human identities safely? Community.com, obviously. Some people like it's called alt plus H. Um, and I, I would need to look up the domain name. I think it, the domain name might be alt-h or something, but a lot of people have found refuge there. And there's Wearlist, which although is more specifically for Therians. As far as like in real life, just being out in nature, especially if you have somewhere where you can safely be out in nature and be isolated and can meditate and think and interact. Would you suggest a biome that is similar to one that your inner being is yes, accustomed to. If, if you can access it, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there anything more specific you want to tell us about community? What are some of the features like 
What is so community is an online forum resource and social network for people who identify as alter human. As far as the features go, we've got articles which are written and vetted by staff or by trusted users, which provide more informative explanatory content. There's blogs. We will happily host your blog. We have social groups, which are very similar to the group functionality, like on Facebook and such. We have a media center so you can upload art work of your theory, your stereotypes, your kin types. We have chat, private messaging, again, obviously forums, because that's what we're centered around. We have a concept called kin cash, where if you participate on the site, you get a digital currency, which you can redeem for on-site goodies. It's just a community like any other. Wow. Did you build this website yourself? I did. <laughs> that's a lot of features. <laughs> That is so, did you have help or did you do it by yourself? So I used, this probably isn't going to mean a lot if you've not ran a website before, but I used um, Zenforo as a platform and there's a bunch of custom add-ons, some written by me, some written by other users of Zenforo, some written by other community.com staff members to make the site what it is today. Are any of the staff paid? No, none of us, including myself. This is a huge labor of love. So fun fact, we take donations on the, cause it costs me about, I think 50 a month for the server Mm -hmm. and then several hundred per year. And I don't think we've ever made even. I think it's always been a, oh, only losing $5 on site bills this month, Mm -hmm. that sort of situation. But yeah, it's something I do out of passion, not any other reason. Yeah, that's an incredible offering to the community. All right, let's see. So we have another question. How did you decide on your alter human slash Therian identity? What do you mean? How did, um, what, like the think, name or the being think, a wolf? Cause I've I already answered that question. Yeah, I, sorry, the person is typing the question while I'm asking it. Maybe I can ask a clarifying question. How did you figure out it was a British Columbia wolf instead of some other type of wolf? significant meditation a lot of that is a more spiritual aspect so psychological aspect i was pretty set settled on wolf but spiritual aspect a lot of meditation and dreams of myself and what i looked like and comparing that to different types of wolves till i arrived at okay this is what this is showing or this is what this is yeah so it's like the the visual came to you in meditation and then you went and yes, researched yes. what is this later? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's see. So it looks like I have roughly two more questions today. Everyone is so excited and we're talking so fast. Do you have, let's see, we already talked about resources for folks questioning their identity. We're getting way more questions than usual today. So it's, <laughs> I like, it's triage struggles for my brain. Let's see. Juliet and Maddie was waiting for a mention of other kin meditation, the bread and butter of our community. Maybe my question is, can you tell us more about what is the process of doing some sort of other kin um, meditation or? So or that depends, like any meditation, that depends entirely on the person. I mean, what I mean by that is everybody has their own process in order to clear their mind and get into that state that works for them when it comes to other kin or theory and meditation i found that the main difference from probably 
what people are used to is I'm focusing more on primal feelings. I'm focusing more on what I'm feeling around me, how I'm interacting, especially if I'm out in nature, out in a biome, how I'm interacting with the ground that my feet are on, a very sensory type of experience. And like I said, I've arrived at wolf. That was just an intrinsic, this is me sort of thing. So I knew it was a wolf that I was. So building off of that, when meditating, I would picture myself as a wolf and I'd let the first image of whatever wolf meant to me come to mind, Mm -hmm. which is where, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, how I arrived at British Columbia wolf. I like that you're bringing in all of your senses. Sometimes meditation can feel almost cerebral, like it's all in your head. But in your case, it's more of a sensory-based experience where right, you're taking because in because being mindful while you're not trying to process too much external information, you are being mindful of the basic senses. And I feel like with Therian meditation, that's a, a pattern. That's something a lot of people have told me that they do. Mm-hmm. So I know that particular process is not just unique to me. The last written question that I have for you is what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary slash trans issues? They're not the same. Oh, wait, on gender and non-binary. I almost thought you said gender and alter human. I was about to say they're not the same thing. Yes. Because that's a strong feeling I have. But on non-binary and trans issues, I think the most important thing is just respect. Respect people's identity. And, And this is very basic, but The fact we don't have the basics down is where I'm trying to hit home. That should already be happening. It's 2021 and we just don't respect people's basic sense of self. For everything else to go better, that has to happen. Yeah. And whether that basic sense of self is any identity, gender, sexuality, alter humanity, any of it. Right. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to make sure folks know about your perspective on alter humanity? before we wrap up for the day. Everybody experiences alter humanity in a different way, including different aspects of alter humanity. If you ask 10 different Therians what their experiences are, you're probably going to get 20 different answers. So that's probably the most, what hasn't already been discussed that I'd like to bring up. Awesome. Yeah, and that's even how we start the show is we talk about how no person is a monolith of their identities. Like no one person speaks for all of us. So I'd like to take a moment now to go over the resources and uh, let you share about anything else you want to make sure that we know about. If folks are interested in connecting with this community that makes this podcast, and if you want to hop in and get your AMA questions in, etc., we have the link tree for Gender Master, which I'll plunk in the chat right quick, for Naya Okami. We have both your website, which you mentioned at the top of the show, is naya.me. And we also have the community website, which we talked about a bit. There's also the Twitch forums for upvoting. And I'm curious if there's any other resources that we want to make sure make this list. So on social media, I am Naya Gozawu. That's N-A-I-A-G-O-E-S-A-W-O-L. So that's my Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. So that's other than on community and my own site. Well, where, eh, not wow, where you will find me. And yeah. Nice. All right. I made sure to include that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. All right, chat. So thanks for showing up today. What an exciting conversation we just had. 
Thank you.